You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how you doing? And welcome to the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thanks for being here with me on a Monday. Hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Mine was great with some Friendsgiving, some Survivor Series from WWE, and topped off with another Raiders victory. Yes, we finally won two in a row this season. Shout out to Josh Jacobs, though. 303 total yards on the game yesterday. That is just incredible. Um, Really, really, really happy for that dude and all of his success. And, of course, for the Raiders, I know they're still 4-7. But, hey, I take those victories when I can. Just win, baby. Anyways, today's episode is the time that I sat down and had a chat and got to know Maggie Linderman a little bit better. Uh, This is a recording star. Uh, She also has a huge following on Instagram. She's dating rather Jordan Clarkson of the NBA who's now playing on the Jazz, used to be a Laker, so I was a little bit more familiar with him when he was on the Lakers. Um, and yeah, he's uh, Maggie was just a really fun chat, uh, honestly, just to kind of get to know that side of, uh, of her world, you know, her Instagram popularity, her music, which is incredible. It's very different. Like, on face value, I thought of her more of like a, like a pop-punk kind of Avril Lavigne style, but then you really listen to the music. There's a lot of industrial in there. Um, it's a lot of cool stuff. She's an entrepreneur on her own. She's got uh, the Swix uh, uh, clothing line that's in uh, uh, Zimsies and places like that. Uh, kind of a skater line. It's pretty cool. Um, I actually said it wrong here. <laughs> you guys will hear me say uh, Swizix or something, but it's actually Swix. She corrected me, uh, thankfully. But uh, really fun chat with Maggie. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. And I'll talk to you guys at the end. But uh, for now, let, just enjoy this conversation I got to record with Maggie Linderman. We're already rolling. So uh, how are you doing today, Maggie? I'm good. Just chilling. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really good. I know you're uh, in L.A. today. Uh, it's really funny how we got connected to do this show. I don't know if Monty told you the whole story, but um, I was just getting my hair cut by the same hairdresser that your, your buddy Monty Riggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny cause I'm friends with Jose Mangan and I was looking at his, uh, his social media that weekend 
and saw that you were out at the Louder Than Life Festival and he had interviewed you and I was like, well, who is this Maggie Linderman? I started looking it up and I started going through it. And uh, later on that week, I'm getting my hair cut, just talking about some stuff with my hairdresser. And he says this guy Monty comes uh, comes in and started working in the music industry with this uh, with this girl who's got a new album out, blah blah blah. And I was like, what was her name? And he says, I was like, oh, I just discovered this girl over the weekend. That's so weird. So I, I introduced myself to Monty. He says uh, he can make this happen. So I'm really uh, happy that you're here and on the Drinks with Johnny show today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Small world, that's crazy. Yeah, just right here in Huntington Beach, the place I'm at all the time, you know, getting my yeah. hair good, you know. Um, <laughs> and then I understand you're, uh, you got a pretty busy day today already in uh, LA. Were you with, uh, you had some Spotify stuff going on? Mm-hmm, yeah, I had to shoot some stuff this morning. And then I had like a little short interview before this. Oh, right on. So right not on. too bad, but. And, and this week, uh, congratulations, I believe you just did your two first headlining uh, uh, mm-hmm. gigs in Los Angeles and New York. I know that the ticket sales for both of those w- sold out within like a couple of days, a couple hours, or whatever it was. It was really quick mm-hmm. um, when you put those on a, a while back. Uh, how, did, uh, how did it go? How did you feel doing your first couple of headlining shows as an artist up there? Uh, it was crazy. I mean, I've, so I've opened for like a couple people. And uh, obviously doing your own shows, a completely different experience that I just had, haven't experienced yet. So uh, it was crazy just like seeing the reaction from the crowd and seeing everyone singing lyrics to like, you know, I just put this album out like a month ago. So mm-hmm. for everyone to know all the lyrics, to every song and um, yeah, for it to sell out so fast and everything, it was just kind of like, it was really surreal, cool experience. Right. Yeah. And I know that you, you've played a lot of shows. As, as I mentioned, I saw that you were out there for the in Kentucky for the Louder Than Life Festival. A lot of my friends are out there on those shows. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I can't wait to get back out to those. But you also did Aftershock here. Um, it's, it's really interesting to me that you're on with these. Uh, these are a little bit more of like a hard rock kind of genres. Mm-hmm. And um, what I want to say before I even get into that is this. What a breath of fresh air it is for uh, artists like yourself and some other new ones like Willow and and some other people coming out that uh, really are blurring the lines of genres and like just putting out music, which is so fucking awesome to me as someone who's been in it for Thank so you. long. I'm like, why is anyone ever putting us in boxes? Like, just just make the art that you want, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's it's all over. It, you, you know, it's it's a great album. I've listened to Sucker Punch. You did it with uh, John Feldman. Uh, legendary producer who's done so many things. Uh, I've actually had him here on the show. I know John pretty well. He's a really nice guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how was it working with him for you? I mean, I know you're you've cited Avril Lavigne as as a as a inspiration to you uh, mm-hmm. musically, and he just got done doing her last record a few months ago. So, uh, was there any correlation there, or just explain to me the process of making Sucker Punch with John Feldman? Yeah, he's just like. He's just really cool. He's just really talented and such a nice guy. And um, we had like a couple of sessions. So we did Cages, but we had a couple other songs too that just didn't make the album. But um, working with him is just really good vibes. Like he just has a really good energy and um, he's just really talented and he knows exactly how like everything should sound. And um, even like with lyrics, like he was, um, he will like, you know, just blurt out lyrics and stuff. Mm. And 
yeah, he's just he's just cool. He's like really fun to work with, and he's just a nice guy. And yeah, he just did Avril's whole album, which is crazy. Um, I love Avril. Obviously, yeah. she's like one of my biggest inspirations. So it was just cool to be uh, around him, and he's obviously a legend, and it was cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we'll get back to the music in a minute because I, I want to get. I wanted to ask you some more just general conversational things, you know, I mean, I see that you have like this massive following on social media. And I was just really curious about that. Because, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm flipping through. First of all, let's actually start with a really fun story. I was going through your social media, I was looking at Instagram at Maggie Linderman. And I got all the way back to November of last year, and you had <laughs> posted some shows or some photos, rather, from a show you did at the House of Blues in Houston, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, oh, that's cool. That, that bass player <laughs> has a bass that looks really familiar to me. And I start mm-hmm. zooming in, and it's actually one of my signature basses uh, that made by oh, Shelter. Really? And not only that, it's actually signed by me when I zoomed in even closer. So oh, really? the basis that you played with in Houston was using one of my <laughs> signature basses that apparently he'd gotten that I had signed. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of like, when I, again, when I was like looking you up and from seeing you with Jose Mangan in, on the Louder Than Life Festival, that was one of the things I was like, wait a minute. And then you're also wearing a Dil- uh, I Love Dilf shirt as well. And, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes that was one of the i i liked wearing um, on that tour i wore a lot of shirts with like stuff written on it and that was uh definitely one of the fan favorites <laughs> <laughs> well i i understand um do, so when are you still currently with that band that would have been a year ago is that who you're still playing with or do you have a new band or how does that work in for you yeah so i have um so they live in Ohio. So uh, when I go on like tours and stuff, they tour with me. Uh-huh. Um, but when I do stuff that's more like local or um, just some other shows that I've been doing recently, I've had um, my band that lives in LA with me. Uh, but yeah, I work with like them and then we just kind of switch off depending on like, you know, where I am or um, just kind of like what the situation is. Okay. Well, when you see that bassist again, let them know that, uh, I found it odd that he was playing with one that I had actually signed rather. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to know the story yeah. behind that too. Yeah, no, I'll figure it out. That's crazy. Yeah, we'll have to talk more about that. But I bring up that aspect. I, I did say that we were getting off the music for a second because of that social media aspect. I mean, you got 6 million followers. I understand that that's kind of where you were discovered. And then as I'm flipping through, I'm a huge NBA fan. And I see that you've got pictures <laughs> with Jordan, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Are you guys dating? Is that is that what is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a huge Lakers fan. That's that's okay. who we played with for a while. Then moved moved mm-hmm. to the Jazz. Where you uh, was it Jazz or Nuggets? He's on now. Jazz, right? Oh, uh, Jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he won Sixth Man of the Year. Mm-hmm. Season just started. How did you meet Jordan Clarkson? <laughs> um. So I had seen him like in a picture on Instagram, like a, one of the like fashion pages I posted, posted him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't like follow him or anything, but I'd seen him and then I'd seen him at a party like, like a week or something later and then, um, followed him on Instagram and then just been like together ever since basically. So you just met at a party, followed him <laughs> on Instagram. See, this is, this is the weird things. I'm looking at this other camera that goes to the audience. 
I don't understand that. I'm a little bit older than you. Uh, we won't say how much older, but I'm a little bit older than you. How do you like <laughs> follow someone on Instagram and then you're dating them and been with them ever since? Like that's such an odd thing for me. So I don't know. Well, okay, we didn't really like. I feel like it's always weird meeting someone online because a lot of the times, like I know with this generation, like a lot of the stuff is online. Um, so, you know, you'll meet someone online, you guys will talk online and then like, maybe you'll meet up, like maybe not even like, maybe you'll see him out or something. But we actually like the day I followed him, we went and, um, like we went out that same day. So like, I didn't not went out like dated, like we like met that day. So, um, I don't know, like the whole social media thing's kind of weird to me too, because I like meeting people in person and I like, like face-to-face interactions because like anyone can have a good conversation like online Mm -hmm. um so i don't know it's weird with social media but it's cool because we have like this reach it's like negative and a positive but like we have there's just so many people online and like we just have this reach now right um which is yeah like i said a, a positive and a negative so that day that you started i'm sorry you you said you started following him you met up with him or he started following you uh, so I started following him first. Oh, yeah. okay. So now, mm-hmm. so you pursued him. Okay. Well, well yeah, <laughs> I, guess <so. laughs> I guess so. So no, but I, I'm curious about that. Like how that works is like, how do you know you started following with someone that day? Cause I mean, especially with both of your guys' following being so big, it's not like you, you would have to but be I, looking at okay, them I to know, that. to see that little blue thing that says follow back, <laughs> which means they're following you. Right. No, I asked him that. I asked him that because I was like, how did, because he like followed me back like right away and like it, it happened very quickly. Right. And I asked him like later on, I was like, how did you like see that? Like, how did you follow me back so fast? And he like showed me that there's actually like a tab on Instagram. I don't know if it's for ver- only verified people or for like everyone. Mm. But there's actually like a little tab that you can click on and it shows like verified users. So like, I guess like, he had looked at the verified thing and like saw my name or something, but I never knew that. Like that was, I didn't know that that was like a tool on Instagram. <laughs> you just taught me something new. So thanks for, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Uh, through Jordan Clarkson on that one too. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> Were you at, so you said you found You just started following him cause uh, you saw him on some fashion stuff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that you yeah. follow. Um, were you a fan of the NBA? Are, are you a fan of the NBA? Did you watch him play basketball at all? Or did you just say, this guy looks pretty <laughs> awesome in these clothes right here. I'm going to start following him. Um, no, I, I watched, so I watched the, I always say this, I don't know. I watched like the finals or something two years ago. And okay. then I have like, that was my like, oh, basketball. And then like, <laughs> I never had watched basketball really before or after that. Um, but no, I just saw a picture and I was like, oh, he looks good. <laughs> that's such a nice way to put it he looks good that was not how you thought of it in your head to be honest <laughs> it's like oh he looks nice <laughs> it looks like a nice gentleman maybe yeah. i'll let him court me um yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing uh so i mean now you guys have been dating uh how long have you been dating now Couple months, three months, four months, five months, a year. Yeah, maybe like four months. <laughs> four months, okay. And th- and it's going well. Obviously, you're you're talking yep. about it, so it's not like it's, it's great. a sore subject. Yeah, I know everything's great. Right on. And um, is he going? Are you guys going back and forth to Utah a lot then for 
for games and stuff? Or if I'm watching yeah. this season, and are you going to be uh, courtside <laughs> a lot for some me. of these Utah Jazz games? Um, so I haven't gone to any of his games yet because season like just started. Just but um, yeah, I'll be there in a couple days, so that'll be my first game. So it should be cool. I'm excited. Wow. I'm. I don't even know the last time I like I went with him to the Philippines, but um, like an NBA game. Like I think the last time I went to one was I went to see like the Mavericks when I was in like elementary school. So right, because you're from Dallas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So Dallas, yeah. you are obviously you grew up uh, probably Mavericks, Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you actually like sports growing up, or like when I bring it up, you're kind of like laughing, like. You were like, well, it was, it was just funny because, you know, it's the Cowboys, but, um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, so I, I actually used to love basketball. I played basketball in elementary school and like a little bit in middle school. Okay. Um, I did like cheer, but my main thing was like track. I, I ran track. I ran cross country. So that was like my sport. Okay. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So, okay. So maybe your family and stuff, are they big Dallas sports fans? family like do you have you, you've got uh cowboys jerseys hanging on the walls you got massive <laughs> basketballs in the corner what, what kind of, what kind of uh, let's, let's paint the picture of uh this this dallas home you were growing up in here uh so cowboys like yeah um my dad was always a big uh cowboys fan um we love we love the cowboys like we watch every game uh mavericks like i don't i don't really remember like my family watching a lot of basketball growing up um, my family was more of like, uh, they liked watching like MMA fights and like that kind of stuff. So we would like have big, you know, like gatherings and stuff and we would watch MMA fighting. Um, but yeah, we would like watch Cowboys, but my, um, my family was always really big on track. Like my dad did track, my mom did track, my brother did track. So we would like, we would always watch like I remember Allison Felix is like my mom's person. Like we would watch every race she ran and we would always watch Olympics for track and stuff like that. And what, uh, um, what events did you run? So I did the 800, the mile, the four by four, and then I did cross country. So like three miles and five miles. So more, more running, not sprinting, right? Sprinting yeah, no, I'm not a sprinter. Not a sprinter. I'm not a sprinter. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, do you still, I mean, do you still run for, to stay in shape and to have fun or are you like, you kind of over it? <laughs> I'm kind of over it. Like, I feel like I ran for so long that I'm just so sick of running. Um, but every now and then, like if I go to the gym, I'll be like, Oh, I'll run a mile today and I'll just like run a mile. But, um, I do enjoy it. Like I, after the fact, like if I go run a mile, I feel so good after. And like, I'm like, wow, I'm so ready for the day, but it's just like getting myself to get to that point is so right. much harder now. Right. Um, <laughs> I can understand that. Like, I mean, uh, it, that's the only reason why I work out at this point when after, you, you understand <laughs> when you get a little bit older, it's not like it's like really working out to stay in shape if, unless you're an athlete, but like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not really for that. Just to make me set, make my make my day feel better, make me feel better about what I'm about yeah. to do the rest of the day, right? Um, yep. But it's still a good thing, everyone at home. You can still do that. <laughs> um, uh, let's go on to uh, someone else that uh, that I saw that you you've befriended and uh, have a song with. Uh, Break me, uh, uh, sick brain. How did mm-hmm. uh, she's also in the video for. Um, she knows, right? Uh, yeah, she knows it. Mm-hmm. She knows it. That's right. So, how did uh, how did you guys meet, and uh, how did you guys come together to do that uh, that song, "Break Me"? 
So she's just my best friend in real life. Um, like, I just love working with her because when you work with someone you're just that close to, uh, I feel like we literally operate on like one brain. So when we write, one we sick write brain, huh? yeah, one sick brain. <laughs> so when we, uh, <laughs> when we write, it's like, it's just supernatural. Like when we did supernatural, supernatural. <laughs> but, um, wait, was that, was wait. that an accident? Cause that actually worked out pretty well. That worked out pretty well. It is, it <laughs> is just about Halloween. So let's, let's yeah, right. Yeah, it yeah. was an accident. Um, but like when we wrote Gaslight, we literally wrote that song in like five to 10 minutes. It was crazy. We wrote it so fast and then we spent the rest of the time just recording it. And same for Break Me. Like we, we wrote it so quick. Um, and I don't know, it's just cool to work with someone that you're just so close to. You guys just, I feel like get each other and like, she knows what I want to say and what I wouldn't say. And like, same for me, you know, same with her. Like I know what she would say and what she wouldn't say. So writing with each other is just fun and also performing together and being able to do a music video together is crazy. Also, she directed that music video. Oh, she is. did. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just cool. Like, it's just cool to have someone you're so close to be right. able to do that kind of stuff with. And did you guys meet um, on your collaboration or were you friends before this? No, we were friends before. We actually met um, at, at one of our mutual friends. Uh, they had like a song release i think it was and it was like right before the pandemic okay and yeah then, and then you guys uh started working together after that okay mm -hmm. awesome yeah. um well you know it's one of the other things that i love about um uh new artists uh that are coming out right now is that those collaborations with other artists that aren't necessarily in the same vein and stuff like that and i think it just mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to the point that it's all just music, right? Like it doesn't. Yeah. yeah and I love that. So. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's a really cool thing. You, the video is great. I didn't know that she uh, uh, directed that video as well. And it is mm. the artistry in that is very cool. I, I was watching it earlier. And, um, Thank you. But talking on the videos, though, the, um, on Apple, I was watching. You have all your lyric videos, and this mm -hmm. is very much tied into uh, this generation of of cell phones and social media and stuff. You know. It looks like a a longer TikTok video with yeah. texts going through it. What was the idea for that to come to come about? So uh, I just like kept getting told I needed to do lyric videos and stuff, and I think that lyric videos with just like the lyrics on the screen are kind of corny. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to do something that just felt like my day. Like I was literally just going through my day. Like I'm waking up, I'm laying in bed, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm doing my hair, eating cereal, I'm on the roof, like texting on my phone, waiting for my friends, like waiting to meet up. They don't want to meet up. I'm like, you know, going to a skate park, whatever. So I wanted it to feel like one really long video, but just like, but it's just cut up in each song. So like, the video each video doesn't really have a exact like correlation with the song it's just supposed to feel more like a journey throughout my day mm -hmm. and i don't know i just wanted it to feel like super chill and laid back and just easy and fun well it definitely comes across that way i, I did have a question did you get almond milk or cheerios to pay for anything in those lyric videos because you didn't mention no. the <laughs> i wish we were thinking about that when we were making it he was like oh wait maybe don't put the cheerios box in it and i was like ah I know. I wish. Cool. <laughs> well, maybe now. Now they'll now they'll come. Back I know. The next video. Next video. Just yeah. Make it all sure. about Cheerios for whatever. <laughs> the whole thing will just be. <laughs> yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Well, no, I mean, obviously, uh, you've grown up in that uh, era with social media, and it's more prevalent for you probably than someone like myself. And mm. that goes back to your massive following there. How did you acquire such a following? I mean, like six million on Instagram alone is a pretty big following. Is when did you see that just kind of blow up? I mean, I, I personally, as as a layman, I don't understand how that happens. So you know, like like what what was it that because. I mean, you had your your first song, Pretty Girl, right? Was in mm-hmm. like 2016. Yeah. And then you did the EP, and then now you got Sucker Punch out. So along these way, along this way, where where does this massive social media following come from? So um, I've had an Instagram since like 2011. So I've been on Instagram for a really long time. Instagram uh, existed in 2011? Mm-hmm. It actually was made in 2011. Okay, okay. Crazy. But um, I, I had originally downloaded Instagram because uh, I was really into photography when I was younger. Okay. And um, like when Instagram first started, it was for photography. Like everyone on Instagram was just posting photography. Like it wasn't a social thing at all. Okay. Um. So I downloaded Instagram. I was posting like photography. And then I realized I was like starting to get like it was like a hundred followers, but I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm getting followers. And that's when I like quickly started to realize like I could make it more of like a personal, like a blog, like a, you know, just like a blog, like a MySpace or whatever, like just something that I showed like who I am and like people can follow me and like become my friend and stuff. So, um, I'd been on Instagram for a minute. And then when I got, when I started coming out to LA for music in 2015, I think I had like a million followers at that point. And then when pretty girl happened and all the music started happening, that's when everything like kind of went up way more. Wow. Okay. So, but you were already like at a million without releasing any music, which is. Yeah. I was on, I mean, I'd already been on Instagram for like what, four years at that point. Just trying to build. Like I I I don't have a million followers. I think I've been (laughs) on for almost four years. (laughs) I don't know. Also, okay, but also, like, back in the beginning, like, I just would, like, I didn't have friends in real life. Like, I didn't really have, like, a life outside of, like, social media and, like, Instagram when I was in high school and middle school. So, I was really focused on it because I was, like, wait, I think I can, like, make something of myself and, like, I can make friends and people actually, like, like me on here. So, let me utilize that and let me you know, actually like put my energy into this thing. So I don't know. I kind of saw it as like, 
some, I don't know. I was just like, I'm going to use this. And I also was posting singing videos and stuff like that. So I wasn't just like, you know, posting my face. I was like posting singing videos and like, I really wanted to be an artist. Like I really, really wanted to make music. So I was just doing things online to help me get there. Um, and I don't know, I guess people liked it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I think it's very interesting. That you just, uh, one of the things you just mentioned there was that you didn't have a lot of friends in high school, middle school. Um, and you went to, social media, the internet, or at the time, as you described it, was just like kind of a, a photo app. You know, I guess that's mm. kind of why it has the camera still as, as yeah. its logo, which yeah. I, someone like me didn't really realize, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, that's interesting you say that. Why, why was that for you? High school, middle school, seems like you, was that by choice? Were, are you kind of more introverted naturally? Or is that something that, you know, I, I, I don't know, you, you describe it for me. Honestly, I don't know. Um, it wasn't by choice. Uh, I think I was just trying to like fit in with the wrong people because uh, I don't know. I wanted to be liked. Like I was a cheerleader. I you know I ran track. Like I was doing things to fit in with like people, and I feel like I just didn't really fit in. I was really hyper as a kid. Like really, really, really hyper. Um, I would have to get put like <laughs> in the corner during tests with like this little phone so I could talk to myself into it. Cause I was so, I was literally so ADHD. Like when I would be reading tests, like I would have to read, uh, questions out loud to myself or else like I just couldn't process things. So I was always like a little weird. Like I had to do stuff like that. And I would like, sorry, I would be like really annoying and like loud and stuff. So I think like from a young age, I kind of set the tone for the rest of <laughs> my school life. Um, but I don't know. I just think I was just a little weird. Um, so people didn't really like, like me, but then when I got on social media in eighth grade, it made it like way worse. That's when everything like people really didn't, didn't like me at that point. Cause it's like, even now I know a lot of people who, are like on TikTok or whatever. And it's like when they started getting followers, people at their school stopped liking them. And I know for me growing up, um, a lot of the people, like when I had first met to LA, same thing, like they started blowing up on whatever it was. And like everyone at their school started making fun of them, bullying them, whatever. Um, so I don't know. I think just like a lot of people don't get it. And a lot of people make fun of it. But I mean, it got me where I'm at. So there's so I have so many questions now just to go a little bit deeper into that, because first of all, let's go into the ADHD thing and the phone. I've never heard of the phone thing. Um, oh, really? No. I, so you had to describe that a little bit uh, for me. Go into a little bit more detail. You're sitting there on a cell phone in the corner. Uh, it's, it wasn't a cell phone. It's like it's literally just like a tube phone. So it would be like have like an opening and then it would be like that. So I would hold it. And there would be like an opening right here and then an opening next to my mouth. So I could like whisper to myself and it would like go into my ear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So you, yeah. It, was it just a lack of being able to concentrate where you're, uh, you couldn't concentrate on your inner monologue? Like, I mean, a lot of people like myself are, when I, I talk to myself on a regular basis, people, I talk yeah. to myself all the time, but it's not usually out loud. It's all, it's all in my head. Right. So yeah. Is that just hard? Is that, or was that, or is it still a struggle rather for you to concentrate on the thoughts and, and processing that in your own brain? Um, I do 
it's not as bad. Like when I was younger, I could not process things unless I spoke th- spoke it out loud. Mm-hmm. I also had this thing where like if I didn't say it out loud, it would like start to like eat at my brain and like it would like actually like make me start feeling like uncomfortable and sick if I didn't like speak it out loud. Um, okay. I don't know if that's like I don't, I think that's like some some form or some like part of ADHD, but yeah. I like when I would read the things, like OCD. I would literally have it'd be to like, say it it'd out be loud. like an OCD kind of thing of it too. Right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think I have OCD. I've never been diagnosed with that. So I don't know, but okay, gotcha. um, yeah, like I would have to like read something. And then if I didn't say it out loud, like I just felt like I was going crazy. So it's not really like that now, every now and then, like if I get a thought and I don't say it out loud, sometimes like my brain will be like, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> but, um, for the most part, like I'm not that bad with it anymore. And also like, I'm not as hyper anymore at all. I've definitely chilled out as I've gotten older, but yeah, it was bad. It was just like, I was just so all over the place. Like I could not concentrate at all. Wow. I mean, that must've been tough to go through school that way. And you're saying this is in middle school you were doing this? This was elementary school. This is elementary school. Okay. Wow. That must've been tough. Um, Yeah. yeah, For, I mean, uh, people who truly have HD, HD and, and have things that like, that like you just, explained make a lot of sense to me um i mean i don't know how it is now but for years it was the big controversy was a lot of people are being prescribed with adhd adhd and uh Mm -hmm. it wasn't the case i mean there's a lot of times it's just kids have high energy especially at that age it's hard to distinguish i think i don't know if you have something that you're describing that sounds a little bit more serious but it's hard to as an outside i mean i have a five-year-old son now who's just a ball of energy yeah um, you know but i mean i think that's normal right i mean also mm-hmm. you're describing yourself as a a runner athlete cheerleader i mean you're supposed to have a ball of energy as a cheerleader i think that's kind of the perfect thing right yeah no it was um i think at first like when i was little it was like oh she just has like energy she's just yeah you know she's a little kid but it definitely started when i got into school like not being able to concentrate and getting really like distracted like I still that's one thing I struggle with really bad is getting distracted like if someone tells me go downstairs and grab that shirt I'll go downstairs and grab everything but that shirt (laughs) it's like that's something I still struggle with really bad but when I was younger it was like really bad in school like I couldn't concentrate on like what I was supposed to do they would be like oh do this assignment and then I would get off and start like drawing pictures on the side of it you know yeah. it was like stuff like that it's like my, w- my wife does that too and we just call it the squirrel because it'll be like oh squirrel like I gotta go yeah this. <laughs> my mom used to call it too <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, but I mean that that is a very serious thing and for you know the kids that at home that struggle with that too I understand that that could be uh, mm. a, a real, a real bummer and, and, and something tough to go through. But I think, I think your story, all your success, what what you're doing in your life right now at, at your, I mean, at the age of 24, very successful um, and just found a way to overcome that and, and learn the way that you could. Um, I yeah. think that's a good inspirational story for a lot of, a lot of other kids out there. Thank you. Um, I also want to go into what you touched upon there with once you started uh, social media in the, eighth grade in 2011 that just made me do the math of how much older I am than you um and uh (laughs) (laughs) um you know but um it's interesting to me because now flash forward you know 10 plus years 
of uh, social media and, and things like uh, the Netflix documentary having the social dilemma and stuff and kind of painting a picture of this. You you say you were dealing with it in 2011 and there's people now that you talk to that are in school and when they first pick up social media, they're the ones getting bullied. It seems a little weird to me that that would be how it works because isn't that isn't it such a common place for everybody to have social media and if you're getting followers isn't that kind of like for for a lot of these people isn't that kind of the gauge of like what makes you popular it's like you would think but i think when you're young i mean in life like people are so people really just genuinely don't want to see other people like win. I think, Uh, especially when you're that young, I think like, especially like I wasn't like the coolest, you know what I mean? So I think when people saw, Oh, she's starting to have people like, like her, like why? Like she's weird. She's annoying. Like she's this, this and this. So I don't know. I don't know if it was a jealousy thing. I don't know if people just genuinely didn't get it. Um, but I don't know. It's, I think it's just, like, going against the norm, I guess, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're expected to go to school, graduate, go to college, get a normal job, get married, have a family, do all these things. I think that's, like, the normal steps of life. So I think when someone starts to, like, go off that path a little bit and do something different and it's like, well, I'm going to do social media or I'm going to become a singer or an actor or, like, whatever it is and you're living in, like, a small town in Texas – I think people don't get it and they think, you know, oh, well, like, good luck, you know? So I don't know. It's like a whole, it's like, it could be a bunch of things. But um, I know for me, like when I started going, coming out to LA and I was like, I'm going to do music. A lot of people were like, well, good luck. Like it's never going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. one in a million, all that stuff. So I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well, that, that part I can actually empathize with you on. I mean, at a young age when I uh, decided I wanted to do music and it was that all or nothing kind of thing. And a lot of other mm-hmm. musicians I've talked to via being on the show or via just being on, on the road with a lot of people who have uh, had some success in music. I think we've all heard that, right? Every single yeah. person has told you that, you know, you, you know, you better have a backup plan. You better have this. You better have mm-hmm. that. And, uh, I think that, I mean, I, I do find merit in that now that I'm a little bit older and get to look back at that and, and, and look at uh, the accomplishments I've had in music. And, um, you know, I think if, if we're all a little bit honest with it, we're super lucky. Like, yes, we went for yeah. it and gave it our all, which is the first part, by the way, everyone. You, you don't need a backup plan. You could make that one later. Um, yeah. You got to go for it all, all in at first and then you still got to get lucky after that. Right. Yep. And I think that's the, I think that's the main thing. Cause I'm, I'm sure even with you, uh, you've probably worked with or seen other people that, um, you know, you look at and go, wow, they're so talented and I'm more popular for whatever reason. You don't really know. why, Right. Mm -hmm. Do you have anyone that like pops to your head when I say that? Like, is there someone that just popped to your head when, when I said that? Yeah, there. I literally just saw this TikTok of this girl singing a Beyonce song, mm. and uh, I was like, "It's just so crazy because there's so many insanely talented people out there who are like, like, just no doubt, like, you know, have insane voices, mm-hmm. um, who aren't, you know, famous and don't have 
songs out even and i think it's like i don't know i think it's so crazy when i see videos like that on tiktok or on instagram or whatever because it's like there's just so many like really talented people out there it's like why am i where i'm at but there you know i don't know it's like it's just crazy yeah it's weird it's really weird yeah well i i mean i like to think that it, it, it comes from that hard work and you have to have mm -hmm. i don't know how else to describe it but as they say the it factor and that, yeah that, there's that so much that there. yeah goes into it but yeah. yeah yeah well either way you've got it and it's working out really great for you again uh congratulations on the soccer punch uh uh album coming out as i said I, I was looking at it first and i was like 32 tracks that's a lot of tracks and then i realized there was all the lyric <laughs> videos that we talked about a minute ago <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no 32 would be crazy <laughs> so w w as you said when you came out to la you're like, to pursue music and stuff, had you, did you have a lot of musical background from your family? Did you, I know you, we already touched upon the, the sports, the cheerleading. Uh, was there also some singing, some guitar playing, some piano playing involved in there? Yeah, so I took piano lessons when I was younger. Um, and then my grandpa is like, kind of just like a piano genius. Like he self-taught himself. He's insanely talented at piano. He's it's crazy. Um, so he had like a, an electric piano. They had one at their house and I would go and play it like every single time I would go. And I really was, I wanted to follow in his footsteps and teach myself how to play piano. So I did teach myself, but okay. not well. But um, <laughs> I taught myself like chords and I taught myself a couple songs. And um, I was just like, I just loved piano. Um, but I did... I did uh, like musical theater. I did plays. Um, I was in theater in school. I was in choir in middle school um, and at church. I don't know. I just always liked to sing. So any chance I got to sing, I would do it. Um, and I also love to act. So I would do like theater and do musicals at like the local theater play place. And um yeah, I don't know. I just loved it. I took like acting classes at this like place after school. Yeah, I just wanted to like perform. I just like being yeah. a performer. You it's know, a, it's all entertainment. It's all performing. It's uh, it's all in the same yeah. world. I I even equivocate uh, sports the same way. I had a conversation with somebody, a sportscaster, and he was talking about it. it's like it's very much an art and yeah. it's entertainment. So it all falls under the under the same umbrella. Um, I bring that up again just to. So are you saying you would? Are you going to pursue a, a career in acting as well? Do you see that coming up? I hope so. I'm, I'm like I was telling you, I'm have like focus problems. So, um, when so it acting comes would to, be your squirrel. It'd be oh squirrel. Yeah, literally. Like <laughs> I, I do take acting lessons. Um, I would love to act. I've auditioned for a bunch of stuff. Like I would, I would absolutely love to act. Um, it's just one of those things for me, like if I'm going to do it, I really need to like hone into it and really practice it. And I think right now I have too much other stuff going on that I can't focus. But mm. um, eventually I would really, really love to like take a break from everything else and like really hone into that because I do really like acting. I love the idea of being able to be someone else and like play a character and just like turn into someone else. I love Halloween. So uh, I, was I just love someone ask. else. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is a big, big uh, celebration for me every year, even before mm -hmm. I had a kid now, even more so, I guess. Oh, I but bet. Yeah. Halloween is just the best. What are some of your favorite Halloween memories, even as a kid or, you know, as an adult now? Um, I know for me, I have, 
two separate, like not ex- exact memories, but two separate ways of looking at Halloween, right? When I was a kid, it was about the candy and playing up. And then as you get older, it's about the parties and still the playing up part of it, but like coming up with creative costumes and going out and having drinks mm-hmm. with friends at, at, at costume parties and stuff. What are some of your, what are some of your, I don't know, your most favorite costumes, I guess, what, like that, that you've oh, been yeah. able to come up with on your own? Um, well, my favorite Halloween memories from childhood, I have like distinct memories of um, my mom's friends, or my, I guess my parents' friends. Um, they had like two kids that were in the same grade as me, and their family would have Halloween parties like every year. They just always would go crazy for Halloween. And like, I remember they would like, the parents would like get drunk, obviously, and like whatever. And then the kids, we would all just hang out until it was time to go trick or treating, and then we would go trick or treating. And I remember there was this, there was two houses. There was this one house that would always have a haunted house, like in their garage. Oh yeah. So we would, yeah. So we would like go get the candy and then like go into the haunted house. But when I was little, I was so scared of haunted houses. Like I would not go into these haunted houses. Like terrified. So I, I would never go. And then um, one year I got the courage to go. I went in and I slipped on a bone wait, in the haunted house. slipped I, on a bone? <laughs> it's like a fake bone in the haunted house. Like literally, I'm not even kidding. Like walked one foot into this haunted house, slipped on the bone and walked out. I was like, yep. It's like a I'm Scooby-Doo moment right there. <laughs> no, literally. I was like, <laughs> I was like 11. I was like, I'm going to do it. Walk in. There's a bone on the ground. Like I didn't slip so hard. I like fell on my face or anything, but I just yeah. like slipped. And I remember that scared me so bad that I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And I like walked out. <laughs> so that was like a Halloween memory. I like really remember because I was so hype. I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I was like, nope. But now I love haunted houses. Like I'm such a haunted house person. I love haunted houses um and yeah obviously now it's like a completely different experience i love to go to parties and like and my outfit everyone's like who are you and i'm like oh let me tell you yeah and um i love doing that and like obviously we get to drink and just have fun and just like go crazy for the night um but i think i'm most proud of i have like two um a couple years ago i was malaria from grim and malaria or from the grim adventures of billy and mandy um, which was like a sh- it's like a show I used to watch growing up. It was like there was this Grim Reaper in the show, and in one of the episodes, he like finds a girlfriend, and her name's Malaria, and she's like so cool. So I was her. Um, <laughs> I and gotta check couple- that out because that sounds awesome. No, you need to. It's honestly a really good show. It's it's really good. Okay, but uh, it's like a cartoon. Okay, but then a couple years ago, I was Misa Amane from Death Note, and another one I'm not familiar with. It's an anime. And oh, I'm, see, I'm not. I, I don't know a lot, enough about anime. I never. I never got that bug to like watch all that stuff. I don't know. I know. I know. I saw your <laughs> jaw drop right there. I, I get it. I get it. Just it just hasn't okay. resonated with me yet. It's all right. It's definitely like an acquired taste. I feel like not everyone likes it. Like if you do like it, you love it, and if you don't, you know. You know yeah. But it that's a good one. I think like a lot of people that don't like anime do like Death Note because it's just cool. Like the concept is really cool. It's not too long. Mm-hmm. Um. But this character, Misa, is so cool. And I got to, like, wear a blonde wig. And I felt really good that night. So that was, like, one of my Do you have your uh, costume picked out already? You know what you're going to go for this year? I just got my wigs in today. And can you tell me what it is? No. Ah. (laughs) You're going to have to see. I'm, like, so crazy about Halloween. Like, no one can know my costumes. Like, 
it's a secret. Like I can't. Okay. Okay. How well, by the like time mine. this episode comes out, everyone will have already seen it. If you're posting on social media. So. All right, fine. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't put this out before Halloween. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm being, um, so there's this show called growing up creepy. Okay. And it was like this creepy little goth kid show. And it like teaches you about bugs. Like her whole family's bugs. And it's like this cute little TV show, but it's like, about bugs um but anyways the little girl creepy she's so cute and she has like this blue bob but has like a pink ponytail and like a a green ponytail and like she has like different color hair so i'm gonna be her and then i'm like sewing the costume i need to probably do that this weekend but i'm gonna like make the costume and i'm really excited about that one and then me and yourself mm-hmm I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on the corner of Gray Street. Is that something that you've always done? I mean, a lot of other costumes or, or just your clothes in general? I do know that uh, one thing we are going to get into here in a minute is your uh, Swizzix uh, clothing line. Um, so but is that is that something on... Uh, uh, obviously, you're, you're into fashion. You're into, mm-hmm. you know, and you're making your own costume. Again, is that something that you've... Uh, done in the past or something you've always known how to sew something your mom taught you I mean where where to come from so I love making clothes yeah ever since I was pretty young like I love clothes I love making clothes um I don't make the whole costume like I bought like a dress and then I'm gonna like cut and sew it and then I I buy like pieces and then I just sew it but I I don't use um I don't use like a sewing machine I just like hand sew Mm -hmm. so um it takes me a little bit of time but I will be doing that um, in the past, I have DIYed some of my costumes, like, but again, like, I'm not making it from scratch. Like, I'm not, like, completely, like, sewing a dress or whatever. Like, I'm, you know, cutting it up and, like, making it look like it needs to look. Okay. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. And then is, um, we brought it up. Was I saying it right? I think you uh, corrected me. There. Twix. Squigs? Twix. Like, Twix, but with an S. Okay. Mm-hmm. Squigs. Swix. Swix. There's no K? Swix. No. 
Swixx. Swix. That's right. The K's of the. Okay. I apologize. Anyways, tell me a little bit about this clothing line. I know that you guys are in zoomies with this. Looks like it's some some really cool apparel that. Uh, quite frankly, it looks like some stuff that you would be wearing anyway. So uh, talk to me a little bit about that. So at the time, my label had wanted me to put out merch. And I just like don't love the idea of merch because I hated that I would have to like wear something which is like my name on it or like my face or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you, I want to wait, I got to cut you out there. You never have to do that. By the way. <laughs> I know. But like, yeah, I, 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 I'm like, not wearing an Avenged Sevenfold shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like it's like okay, I want to like wear something of my own, but it's like right. I don't want to wear something with just like my name on it. Like oh, right, people are gonna right. think I'm weird if I'm just like whoa, who's Maggie Lennon? I'm like oh me, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I was always just like I don't I don't want to just like wear something with my name on it. So I was like right. I want to wear some, like I want to make something that I would actually wear. And then people are like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, that's my brand. Mm -hmm. So that's how Swix came about. Like, I just wanted a clothing line where it was like, if you're a fan of me, you can wear it. If you're not a fan of me, you can wear it. You have no idea who I am. You know, it's like, you could just wear it. Um, And then Zoomies was like, came into the picture. And Zoomies was my absolute favorite store growing up in the mall. Like, when I would go to the mall, I would go to, like, Hot Topic Halser and Zoomies, like that was my place. Okay. So when um, they approached and they were like, we would love to like help you bring this brand to life. I was like, absolutely. Like I would love to. And honestly, like the best, like I always talk about Zoomies and like every, everything I do, but seriously the best, like how they seem and how like the brand seems, the store seems is how they really are. Like I go to all their events. Um, I like have meetings with them literally like, once every two weeks they're the best and um yeah i don't know they just help me make the brand come to life so i love zoomies that's awesome i've, I've heard great things about that one of my good friends darby allen has his hoodlum clothing line and skateboards mm-hmm. in there um and he was asking me uh if there was any zoomies here in huntington and i was like i actually don't know and then like i looked <laughs> and there is one in five points and then there's one at like a coastal mesa mall in, in orange county and mm-hmm. um oh, God. Yeah, so I I never I didn't go to Zoomies as much when I was a kid, but I mean, I don't know. I I enjoyed the mall though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just like that cool store. Like I feel like a lot of stores growing up, like we had like Hot Topic, you know, there's Spencer's, but like Zoomies Spencer's was. Shit. Yeah, Spencer's is true. But I don't know. Zoomies was like cool because it was a skateboard shop too, mm-hmm. and like growing up, I always really wanted to skateboard. I didn't know how, but, like, I was really into skateboarding. And I just, like, I was, like, oh, cute boy skateboard. So I always would go into <laughs> Zoomies. <laughs> and, like, I just love Zoomies. Also, I loved um, Tyler, the creator, and he had Odd Future in there. Um, Diamond Supply, Obey, like, all those cool brands that I saw, like, skaters wearing. I was, like, I want to wear those brands. So I would always go into Zoomies and, like, I don't know, just like try to be cool looking for those brands. <laughs> well, I mean, so you said you tried to skate. Were you like not allowed to or you just were worried you're going to break an arm and go to the cheer practice with a broken arm? Or yeah, <laughs> I was I was allowed to. I was just really scared. Yeah, I was always like, because I feel like if you start skateboarding, you have to start when you're a little kid because you like get past that fear of like, oh, I'm going to break an arm because like kids have no fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just like used to it once you get a little older. 
But like for me, I tried to start when I was in like seventh grade, maybe eighth grade. So I was already to the point where I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to break an arm. Like, I'm scared. So I would try. But then I tried longboarding because longboarding started being a thing on Tumblr. So I was like, I want to get into longboarding. Yeah. Um, but actually, my first ever, like, sponsored thing I ever did, like, the first time a brand sent me anything for free was actually Toy Machine, which is a skate company. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I got that board, I was like, yep, I'm going to be a skater. And then. <laughs> do you still, do you do you still skate recreationally at all or like just or I tried over the <laughs> pandemic. I was like really I was going to the skate park pretty often over the pandemic because there was like nothing else to do. Right. Uh, so I was going a lot. I learned how to do an ollie. Solid. Um so that was pretty cool. Um and that was about it. Nice. And then I did fall one point and I hurt myself a little bit and I was like Oh, I'm done. Yeah. See, that's the, <laughs> see, that's where I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think I started trying to skate when I was like fifth or sixth grade. And it was it was literally like two days. I was going down a hill yeah. and I hit a rock and fell. It didn't even get it hurt that bad. It didn't break anything. Just skin my knee But it's scary. Sad. It's scary. It, was, it wasn't even so much that it scared me. It was like it hit, I hit and I was just kind of like, that hurt. I don't think I want to do that again. Like, <laughs> So then it took me until I was about 25 to start surfing. I was like, damn it, I should have been surfing the whole time. Because when you fall in yeah. the water, it doesn't hurt as bad. You just have to yeah, be able to hold your breath. Yeah, surfing's cool. Surfing's cool. I wish I could surf, but I'm, the ocean's my biggest fear, so I don't think I can do that. <laughs> wait, wait, you're afraid of the ocean? So scared of the ocean, yeah. Like what? Like what's in it or the actual waves or... or- Both. I'm like, like, you know when they show pictures of like the deep ocean? Yeah, And you're like, some people are like, oh, that looks fun. Like, that's so relaxing. Not me. That sends me, like, into a panic. Like, seeing a picture of the ocean where you could just, like, see all the way down, like, that looks like a nightmare to me. (laughs) And then, yeah, like, when I was little, we were in, I think it was Destin, because we would go there on family vacation. Where's Destin? It's in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So we would go there, because our, like, cousin had, like, a timeshare or something. So we would go there, like, summers. And, um... One of the waves took me under, and I swore I was going to die. Like, I literally swore, like, that was the end. Like, it took me under. I couldn't get up. My dad had to, like, pull me up. And I think that was, like, the start of it. But I'm just so scared of sharks. I'm so – I don't even like fish. I don't want a fish to touch me. I don't even want seaweed to, like, touch my leg. Like, I'm I'm good. Nothing about it. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I smiled when you said you thought you were going to die in the water. Though, but like, <laughs> it's just, it's funny. I've, I've grown up here on the beach my entire life, did junior lifeguards mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm very uh, comfortable in the ocean, I guess, uh, when it comes to those things. It's one of those things that I guess I learned as a young kid. When you are held down, the best thing to do, if you think you're going to die, that's when you start panicking and really fuck yourself up. If yeah. you just relax, you're going to be just fine. And I know that's easier said than done, but that's the whole, that's like the whole mentality. Even when I'm out surfing, I get held down by a wave for a second. I often have to tell myself, oh yeah, just take deep, you can't take a deep breath under the water, but like, just like, just like relax, just like relax for a second. You start to float up because you can hold your breath for longer than you think you can. Yeah. It's the panic. It's definitely the panic. I was just like, um, like the sand was getting all in my face. I'm like, it was just a mess. Like I was so scared, but yeah. I don't know. I used to love the ocean like when I was little, but it's the same thing with the fear. Like when you're little, 
like you don't really have fear you don't think like oh a shark's gonna come and eat me or like whatever no, you're, so, ignorant. you're ignorant to what's out there in the world i think exactly. you don't, really know. You, yeah, you don't exactly. know what to like, be afraid was, of to begin with you don't know what exists <laughs> i didn't know and then i saw soul surfer and i was like wait a shark's gonna eat my arm i was like yeah no nah, i'm good i don't want to yeah, do I'm this out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah i was like no nah, no yeah i'm good on that I was going to invite you to go surfing sometime, but now I guess that's oh. probably not going to happen. So, <laughs> Thank you. For the, offer. the thing is, like, surfing is so cool. Like, I think when I see people surf, I'm like, whoa, that is, like, so cool. But then I think, like, but, like, there could be a shark that's ready to bite me. And then yeah. I'm like, nope. I'm good. Well, I yeah. wouldn't recommend Florida waters for that because that's usually where the bull sharks are and have more frequent uh, attacks. But here in Huntington Beach, right. there's there's no coral. There's not a lot of stuff or, or spots for the bigger sharks or really anything to feed off of. It's just, it's all sand underneath. So even when there are great whites or anything out there, they just kind of go by. They're not, they're not around hunting because there's nothing for mm-hmm. them to hunt. So yeah. like, uh, if you ever do decide to get back in the water, Huntington would be a good spot because you don't have to all worry right. about it. The only thing you got to worry about is stingrays, and all they do is just hurt. Like, you'll be fine. Okay, want to know something weird, though? Yeah. Stingrays are my favorite animals. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, but you can't, but you don't like the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't I even want like, seaweed to touch you. Do you go but to, if I saw one the, in the wild ocean, I would be terrified, for sure. Like, yeah. Because, like, you know what they did to Steve Irwin. So I would be so That was a big stingray. <laughs> that was not the kind I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, they're scary. But, like, when I go to the aquarium, like, I have to touch the stingrays. Like, I think yeah. they're so cute. Like, their little faces underneath. Like, I think they're so cool. They're soft. They're they look cool. like they're smiling all the time under there. I know. They? that's They're so cute. And they're just, like, cool. Like, I think, like, they're just, like, super interesting. But I would not want to be, like, in the open water with one. No, I understand that. I don't. I don't like being open in open water as a surfer. I got to shuffle my feet to go out because I've gotten yeah. stung. It, it doesn't feel good. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned the aquariums though, real quick. I'm curious. Have you been to the Long Beach Aquarium? Then I mean, you're in the LA uh-huh. area. Oh, mm-hmm. that's like that's the best one. We were. I had a membership there when my son was really young. Oh, really? I go there a few times a week. It's amazing. That's a, such a really hot. I know. I love the aquarium. Like I think that's the thing is like because I am like scared of the ocean. I love to go to the aquarium because it's like it's the it's only way gonna you're going to see it <laughs> yeah exactly like, it's not going to get me I love to like look at it so pretty but um, yeah it's actually getting in there and I like jellyfish too jellyfish are so cool um, you know I don't know if you were like went over the pandemic but I went during the pandemic and they had like you could like touch the jellyfish yeah yeah I know I did yeah I did there was uh, <laughs> in the outside little aquarium right yeah the outside over mm-hmm. over to the when you go yeah through, you go over to the right yeah yeah I, I was there during mm-hmm. the pandemic absolutely yeah so I, I like touched them and stuff and we were like spinning them <laughs> they don't have like bright, like they don't like think so you could just like yeah. spin them they're just like yeah I like them they're cool yeah no and, and that is a really great aquarium and I love those kind of aquariums. I think most of them are now, but that that's one of the ones that I remember growing up with. It was, uh, it's a rehabilitation aquarium. So they don't just, like, Oh keep really? Them. I didn't know that. Yeah. They don't just keep the same fish or same sharks or same anything in there. They're rotating them out. Uh, in the back, they have like the big tanks where they, they, they come in, they bring in, uh, injured or dying, uh, uh, species and then they rehabilitate them, put them out so you can see them. And then they, re- then, when they feel they're ready, if they get there, they release them back to the wild. So. Oh, I had no idea. That's crazy. That's well, that makes it way better. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It's not a Sea World. It's not a little Sea World thing going oh, on. Oh my over god, there. my if I if I went to a Sea World, my mom my mom's a huge like dolphin 
like she's always on the dolphin stuff she's like please post this thing about this dolphin like we need to save it like my mom's like huge on dolphins so if i go to like a sea world or like anywhere where they're holding like dolphins or whales or anything in captivity like oh my god it would be off with my head it's weird to do the dolphins thing too because for me when i go out surfing literally every day there are just dolphins around in huntington like they'll be literally pop up not even three feet next to me or like be surfing the same wave as you like dolphins are so cool like i i agree with your mom they're like so smart so cool like you don't need to put them in captivity they never fuck with Mm -hmm. people just go out there and go see a dolphin it's not that big of a deal (laughs) no literally dolphins are so they're just i don't know i love dolphins they're so sweet and cool and i love dolphins yeah well, I think we covered the ocean, your fear, maybe help you get over it a little bit there. Uh, one last thing that I, I wanted to get back into, we talked a little bit about movies and stuff, uh, is uh, I, I understand you're really into true crime. You, uh, in, in, a, in a previous interview, had mentioned that you would uh, want to be in uh, criminal uh, science uh, if, if you weren't in music. And you mm-hmm. did say that you were just finished the Dahmer movie uh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, not movie, uh, Netflix series. I've got like three episodes left on it, by the way, so no spoilers. But uh, uh, it, is a, it is a great show. What, 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 uh, what is this attraction to all of that? Well, I'm super interested just in psychology in general. Um, I think like the way humans' brains work are like very, very interesting. And um, I feel like it's something I'm naturally really good at. Like I'm really good at... Um, I'm really good at noticing like patterns and noticing like certain things about people. Like I'm like when someone's like manipulating me or gaslighting me or like someone's using like a tactic on me, like I'm, I'm, I've always been like really quick to spot things. and like, I'm really good at it. Wait, 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 before you go further then, uh, what have you noticed about me in this conversation then? Is there anything that you picked up on (laughs) in that, in that one? No, I mean like when, (laughs) when someone's like, you know, like in relationships when like I get okay. upset about something and then someone is like trying to gaslight me to make me feel crazy. Like I've always been really quick to recognize that. Okay. Um, more and more and in a relationship, like, not on like a, like, okay. Not like a, uh, but a, like if someone, if I was talking to someone and they're giving me like a weird attitude or like they're doing like certain like mind things, like I'm just, I've always been very quick to like realize when people are doing that. So, right. You know, sometimes I've fallen for it, like, when I was younger. But, like, for the most part, if someone starts, like, doing a certain thing to me, I'm like, I know what you're doing. Like, you're not going to, like, trick me into making me feel crazy. Um, But I just – I always also find that really interesting. Like, when people are, like, (laughs) like, talking to me and they're, like, doing stuff, like, I'm always, like, analyzing it. I don't know. I just, like, love the human brain. I think it's so interesting. Mm. And um, criminals even more so. I think it's, like – really really interesting to pick apart someone's brain and understand maybe why they would want to do something um and if they don't even know why just like hearing them speak and being able to like dissect it and like go back further and like see maybe where something started or like whatever i think that's just like really really interesting um so yeah i wanted to be a therapist basically for people in prison um oh wow yeah i just thought that was like really interesting to just like hear people's I know it's like really dark and like there would obviously be like really dark sad parts of it but I think it's like really interesting just to 
you know, work in a case and, you know, go there and then them telling me about the case. And then I would go meet with the person and then try to get a better understanding for maybe why they would do it. Stuff like that. I don't know. I think it's so interesting. It is very interesting. I mean, that is uh, try to find out why they did it or, or just understand. I mean, that I, I agree with you. Like the, I think, I think most of us do. That's why Dahmer, the, the Netflix series yeah. and, and other <laughs> exactly. shows like that are, 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 are out. Um, What's one? What's something else that you're watching these days? I mean, we're we're in the Halloween. We just talked about we're in the Halloween season. American Horror Story just restarted. American Horror Story in New York. I know I'm excited. I haven't watched the first episode yet. It's on. It's on my DVR. Um, but uh, is there something like that that you're that you're interested in or, or watching that I should check out? So I just watched The Watcher. Sorry, by the way, I'm just grabbing my charger. Um, but I <laughs> no, just that's watched- cool. I'm getting, li- I'm getting a nice little tour of my place. Sorry, sorry. But I just, I just finished The Watcher, which was really good. So I love The Watcher. I also am about to start American Horror Story too, but I'm waiting to get back to Utah to start that. Oh, you, want to be, you want to be with your boyfriend before you, so you get, get a little scared there? Is that, is that where it is? No, it's not. <laughs> I just like, we like watching things together. So okay. we'll definitely yeah. watch that together. I think if I started that without him, he'd be like. But um, yeah, so I'm going to watch that. And then what else have I watched? Um, I watch a lot of just like true crime on, um, what's it called? On YouTube. There's this girl named Bailey Sarian. And I watch a lot of her videos because she like does her makeup while she's talking about true crime, which I like because I like makeup and I like true crime. So. <laughs> oh, that's the two things that you got there. It's so perfect. It's perfect. Well, I want to thank you again, Maggie, for being on the show. Uh, I'd like to stay in touch, and 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 I think there's so much more we can go into and watch your career as it blossoms. Maybe some acting, as we talked about in the in the future sometime. Yes. But obviously, the the new album, Sucker Punch, is is. Uh, is out only for a month at this point, maybe two by the time this episode comes out. I don't know when it's coming out. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching your career. What do you guys, what do you have next on the docket that you can talk about right now? Nothing for the end of this year. I'm like done this year. Um, but next year I'm going to go overseas and I have like a couple festivals, like Slam Dunk Festival. Okay. in the UK, which I'm really excited about because I've never done a festival in the UK. So I'm really excited to see like the turnout and everything. Some like people were really excited. Um, so I have that. And then hopefully I'm going to do my own headlining tour. Awesome. Hopefully. Well, awesome. I'll be looking out for that headlining tour. I'd love to catch uh, one of your shows and, uh, yeah, definitely. and, uh, uh, tell your, tell your boy Jordan to, uh, uh, take it easy on my Lakers this year. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let him know. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Maggie. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk later. Awesome. Thank you. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Maggie for being on the show and uh, sharing a little bit of her story. Uh, it's been really great making these episodes for you guys. Uh, just got to mention, you should head over to drinkswithjohnny.com. We got some new hats with a bottle opener on it. The Devil's Chode Hot Sauce Drinks with Johnny Hot Sauce is back. Um, And I think we still got a a little bit of a Cyber Monday deal going on over there. So make sure you guys head over to drinkswithjohnny.com. Support the show. And I guess that's it for this week. So uh, thank you guys so much. Until next time, as always, cheers. (laughs) 
Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe to Grind podcast. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyle. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.